Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Our guest today goes by Toxic. She is an 11-year veteran of the nude online and print modeling industry and of working as a stripper in Portland. She also travels the country, growing her singing and songwriting career, and in the meantime has made some loyal fans and some very strange stalkers. Today, we are here to get to know Toxic, but also to talk about her personal experiences with one of the biggest threats to personal safety in the industry, those gosh darn obsessive people with unhealthy one-sided attachments and boundary issues. You can contact or find Toxic on Instagram, <laughs> ironically enough, at Your Toxic Addiction. <laughs> your username is at Your Toxic Addiction or Your Toxic Addiction at Yahoo.com. I thought it was really funny we were doing a stalker episode and your name is Toxic. No one else thinks that's funny? Hi, I toxic. think that's hilarious. I kind of think it's perfect. <laughs> um, so you've trooped it out. You are kind of losing your voice a little bit. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I um, unfortunately sold my voice to a sea witch for dancing legs. <laughs> and you made it here still. So um, how long have we... Hi, John, by the way. Hello. Hello. John, you've seen Toxic Dance, right? Yes, I have. I've been in the club uh, when you were there, and I've definitely seen uh, Toxic on stage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, She's you guys are both awesome. Thank you. So we've known each other at least 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of when you started. I was, I think, 18. So you've been working in entertainment for long enough. Um, and you've had a few. How many stalkers have you had um, that you're aware of? <laughs> I've had three serious stalkers. Okay. So we're not going to be able to get into all of them specifically. But can we briefly, who were the three? What, what are their, do they have little character names? <laughs> <laughs> what were they it was a man there were two men and a woman right it was two men and a woman yes okay how spaced out were they incidents that you've had issues with the first stalking incident that I had was when I was newer to dancing actually mm -hmm. and I was um I was younger and it was a that one wasn't as scary just because I was so young and naive that I didn't really understand what was going on what did yeah. that look like? What was their be? What did they do? Very obsessive behavior, controlling, wanting my attention and my time. But I was told, like, by other veteran dancers that, like, that's a regular, you know, like, that's just normal, regular behavior. Hmm. But then it started getting, like, 
he wanted my phone number. He started like showing up to places that I went. And um, he was like asking for personal information about me to my friends. Oh, God. That I worked with. Yeah. If you are a person and someone you don't know, or even someone you know is asking for personal information about someone else, be like, why don't you ask them? Yeah. You know, like don't give out information about other people to other people. Or if someone's asking and it's it sounds weird to you, let that person know someone's been sniffing around. Because how did you find out? Did other people approach you and say this person's asking about you? Yes. Thankfully, I had a really good group of women that I worked with that were looking out for me. And they were like, you should be really careful around this guy. He's asking a lot of personal information about you. He's like wanting to know too much information. Maybe you should think about how much time you're spending with this person. So he was a paying club customer, right? Yes. And I, when I was younger, I went out on um, like occasional dates, dates you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. coffee, dinner occasionally. And I actually had to stop. Like a lot of dancers have regulars. I personally choose not to have regulars because of my stocking situations. Really? Yes. So you you will avoid like making those longer term relationships with clients. Absolutely. Because you've had issues in the past. Yeah. He um, got my phone number. From where? I don't know how he got my phone number. Was the thing. And he started texting me and I had to block him. How else did you mitigate it? How did that end? I had to have him 86 from the club. Okay. And that worked. Yeah. I did have a discussion with him about boundaries and about you know, at the time I was in a relationship and I explained, I was like, listen, I, I have a partner. I'm very happy with my partner. But even regardless, if I didn't have a partner, when someone says no, you need to respect when someone says no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do we say to people? What's the excuse? I've gotten this question before. What do I say when I don't have a partner and I don't want to lie? Even then, you know, it sucks that we're still like, I'm with someone. Sorry. You know, and I've used that, too, until I had customers be like, well, I know you're you're open. You do open stuff. I'm like, shit, I can't even (laughs) use this. (laughs) So what do we you know, it's just like the, the one I go to at this point is I like our relationship in its current form where I see you at X, Y, Z, the club, you know, because then you don't even have to say I'm not interested in seeing you outside of it. You say I like it this way. Yeah. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I feel like I'm better at communicating with people about like my boundaries, especially. (laughs) And when people ask me about other dancers or other models, because it's not just dancing as a thing. But when I work conventions and stuff like that, I was just working the Exotica convention. Mm -hmm. And I had so many people trying to ask me personal questions about the girls that I was working the booth with. Amazing. I told them, I was like, you need to speak to them Good. about their information that's not my business and that's not my place to give any information about anybody else right yeah. i went to a uh, gathering of it was actually women but someone from across the room was like oh l you made it and you live all the way blah 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 where i live fuck off yeah oh my god don't do that shit you know whether or not the person's around there's a lot of things we we really, really just don't consider about other people's privacy. Um, so I actually met with you to attempt to file protective paperwork against one person. Toxic. Um, can we talk about that person? Yes. Um, that is my most recent stalker and my most 
I consider my most dangerous stalker because mm-hmm. it's still currently going on. And she's a woman. She's a woman. And without too much information being shared, she's someone who was in our industry at some point. But this was an interesting one where me as an onlooker, I feel like she either was in love with you or wanted to be you. It definitely felt like that movie, Single White Female. (laughs) I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. It's a good flick. Not really fun when you're living it in real life. (laughs) No. Well, and what did she, your first interaction with, with this person was she was a client, right? She got a dance. No, she didn't even get a dance. She didn't get a dance. No, she came to the club and she wanted my attention and she happened to be there when a good friend of mine came in. It did something really personal and wonderful for me and she filmed it. Okay. And then she posted it online. Whoa. Wait, at the club? Yeah, but it was outside. It was on the patio, so it was not in the club, but mm-hmm. it was like a very personal awesome moment, but yeah. she filmed it and then she used that filming to tell people that she personally knew me to get mm-hmm. more information about me. Right. That's right. creepy as fuck. Yeah, and she also um it it seemed like she initiated some kind of interest in like a sexual relationship and you were like no thank you she sent me a couple messages on facebook and they were very cryptic and to my belief it made me feel like that she wanted either an intimate relationship with me or an intimate relationship with me and another person Mm -hmm. and i didn't know how to take it so i didn't respond Mm -hmm. when i didn't respond she came to the club and then wanted my attention. And when I didn't give her the reaction that she wanted, because Mm -hmm. she told me that she wanted to spend more time with me. And I told her, well, you can get a lap dance. (laughs) My time costs money. And she was like, but I don't want to dance. And I was like, well, I don't spend time with customers outside the club. And she responded, I'm not a customer. It's like, what are you? A female white knight. (laughs) So... And then it was interesting because she became so there was also like a disconnect. There's some serious mental health issues in this person in the first place. And it was because she started talking about God and the devil and Trump and Putin and angels talking to her and past lives. And then she was sharing like personal information. And then I tried to accompany you. So we went to the courthouse and we initially, what were we looking for? A restraining order, right? Yeah, I wanted a restraining order because she was publicly posting information about me on Facebook where she, people could see. When she was accusing you of having like ripped her hair out, um, like attacked her in some way. More than that even, like okay. serious things that I didn't know this person and she had created this whole life where I was involved in it. Right. So she had all the ideas of things you had done. So we had digital harassment and then we had in person. She's showing up. But we go to the courthouse and a restraining order apparently is for someone who's either related to you. You had a sexual relationship with or you lived with at some point in Oregon to get a restraining order. So we then were directed to a protective stalking paperwork order, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Sound right to you? Okay. And goddamn, how was your experience in filling that out? (laughs) It was a lot of paperwork. (laughs) It was a lot of paperwork. And the thing about stocking orders is they're incredibly hard to get because they're for life. Mm. So if the person has not directly threatened you 
or told you that they were going to harm you in a specific way. In a specific way. It can't, there can't be any gray area. It can't be. She said she was going to end you, right? She said she was going to end me. Yeah. yeah. Which they're like, that's not specific enough. So like you submitted. Specific yeah. to me. <laughs> so you submitted 10 pages of paperwork, right? 13 or so. And it was rejected. Yeah. I turned in all the paperwork, filled it out. And then also had a stack of screenshots. You had 45 pages. 45 pages of screenshots. Jesus. From what she had posted online publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Accusing you of things or whatever. Accusing me of things. Mm -hmm. And so this one was rejected because it wasn't sufficient evidence or was there a reason the judge or anyone gave? The judge told me that he sympathized with me and he really wished he could help me because it was very clear that the person had mental health issues that needed to be addressed. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of the law, yeah. it was not enough evidence to grant a stalking order. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and in the meanwhile, I had a similar issue where I had a former co-project partner who did similarly and was going online. And John, you saw this, but they yeah. accused me of physical violence and all kinds of weird shit. I reached out to this person directly and said, why are you doing this? They said, if you don't want people knowing what a terrible person you are, you shouldn't have acted that way and then continued. So I actually was funded a little bit of money. I went to a lawyer, discussed a cease and desist. You know, I had like, look, this person is alleging that I hurt people and make them feel unsafe and not qualified for consulting. So this could impact my personal and professional relationships. So we sent a cease and desist, which said, if you continue to do this and it actually impacts my money, you're going to be liable for that money that you owe me, which I don't want this person's money. I just want them to get their shit together and leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Stop hurting me after years. Um, so that person didn't respect the cease and desist. But at this point, I'm kind of like at the same spot where you are toxic, where I'm like, this person has problems and maybe I can just lie low enough and they'll direct their crazy shit elsewhere. Yeah. You know? Um, and then there was another person who was harassing me. Oh, God. Remember there was that person who said online that I uh, report sex workers to the police? Yeah. So I heard they're a cop informant. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that toxic no those two last couple months ago that were like l reports sex workers to cops which i was like that's another weird type of harassment so i heard through the grapevine they are cop informants which i'm like okay i see your projection but the point is you know people people when you have a public figure identity toxic like you do you know like i i do in this city people form ideas and attachments and you suddenly represent something to them I don't know what the hell. What are we calling her? Hendra? Hendra. <laughs> Hendra was obsessed with you. Uh, John, have you ever had any stalkers that you know of? Um, no, not not any like real life stalkers. Digital, sure. But yeah. Okay. So can we think of any warning signs or red flags to these people? I feel like coming out of nowhere with a close attachment yeah. is a big one. Like, hi, I don't know your name, but you wrote this whole long post about me. That makes me nervous, <laughs> you know, but as creators, sometimes people get attached to the work. So there's a lot of all the time. I feel like we have to be very careful and be able to build our screening tools for what kind of people are interacting with us and whether that's professional or relationship that can be very tricky to do. I think that the most important thing is that you have to establish boundaries with yourself. If it is work 
you have to remember that it's work. Like with me personally, I do not give out my personal information. Um, I have an alias that I use. Mm -hmm. Even I have my stage name, but I also have an alias mm -hmm. yeah. to protect myself even more because of the past stalker situations. Mm -hmm. And then recently I was like, well, I don't want to use that alias anymore. And then <laughs> this happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be using this alias more. Mm -hmm. But also that was, I think the biggest red flag was she wanted more information about me. She wanted to know about like where I grew up, my family, all sorts of stuff like that, which when you're at the club and you're just talking to people or you're, you know, working expos or anything like that, you're just conversating. You're just trying to be personable and create a connection. But sometimes people can confuse the connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to converse and keep boundaries up. Um, we can talk about maybe some tips or things we've learned when we do some listener questions. What has working in the industry and having experienced these things taught you about, I guess, well, we'll, we'll get to that later, but we'll be right back. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Elle. I've said before that SpectrumBoutique.com has high quality, affordable, and ethically made sex toys for everyone. But did you know that Spectrum Boutique is also your place for gender affirming tools such as dilators, compression clothing, packers, and harnesses? It's true. SpectrumBoutique.com wants you to enjoy your body and offers items to delight everyone. From experienced kinksters to curious beginners, Spectrum Boutique Online has books, tinctures, butt stuff, Kegel tools, self-help sex writing, sex toys, of course, lubricants. There is so much to discover on SpectrumBoutique.com and follow them on Instagram at ShopSpectrumBoutique to keep updated on exciting new items. Enjoy a flat rate shipping on toys and accessories in discreet packaging and use the code SBPDX to get 10% off your first order. That's SpectrumBoutique.com. Hey friends, are you sick of razor burn? Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive, and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington. Worth the drive. Find us on Facebook, Yelp, or netherlandswax.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. We're talking with my entertainer friend, Toxic. Our entertainer friend. You know Toxic. I do. I forget which of our pals you have met before. <laughs> have you seen Toxic Naked? Uh, yes. Have I've you heard seen her, her sing? on stage. Uh, I think she may have sang for the departure. Wait, was it the... Remember when there was that time when like uh, there was the big party for the dancer who was leaving Lucky Devil? And um, oh. all the girls give her a lap dance. I think you might have I been sang, there. Did you along sing to on Africa? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sang along to Africa by Toto. That's for Domino. Oh for Domino. yeah, it was Domino. Domino's going away. Domino's yeah. retirement. Yeah. Oh goodness. Oh, that's right. okay. So yes, you have. Uh, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> so we're talking to Toxic. You can find her on Instagram at Your Toxic Addiction or Your Toxic Addiction at Yahoo.com. Um. When we were on our break, you talked about having heard toxic other stories from your dancer peers about people being followed home. Yes. Have you ever been followed home? So someone attempted to follow me home once, but thankfully I had had conversations with my friends 
uh, that I worked with in the past so I could recognize what was happening. Yeah. And I just drove to a police station. Yes. And that just is, waited there. Yep. That is a that is a great thing to do. That is absolutely one of the number one things you should actually do. So I'm really pleased that you did that. Call 911 and say where you are and say what the vehicle looks like. You know, what are you going to get pulled over for being on your phone? That's fine. <laughs> Someone was following you. Side note, if you ever get pulled over for being on your phone, say that you were calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to the cop you'll get in trouble i didn't tell you to do that um, but no if you're really being followed call 911 um you can drive to a hospital you can drive to a fire station cop station is good um when you get in your car this is something a lot of people do when you get in your car lock the door put on your seatbelt, and drive away don't get in your car and dick on your phone and go through all your shit because that's how people get carjacked because your door is people can just walk up to you you know like so many folks get in their car and they just run it for like five minutes and being like oh no like yes you should know where you're going before you depart and don't be looking on your map when you're driving but carjackings would be drastically reduced if people just got in the car locked the doors and drove away yeah so especially when you have a big bag of underwear and cash visible yeah. What are you doing? Um, what else? You said don't give out your information at all, Toxic. Yeah. Just don't give out. Yeah. Make, make a separate account. A, make a separate email. Do some, have an alias. Don't, don't give out your personal name, like your name. Don't tell people where you live. Don't give out your phone number. Don't tell them where you grew up. Don't do that because people can track you. Google is, you'd be surprised. Yeah, you can type anybody's full name into Google, find a person. And then remember, John, you've told me about this. You have to go yeah. to these websites and you can do the, yeah, what's it called? people searching engines. Yeah. Like where you just type in their, all you need to know is the their name and their city and you're good to go for like their phone number, their email, their home address, estimated their income, their relatives, yeah. mm -hmm, their relatives addresses. I've spent a couple afternoons removing my information from those websites. Yeah. So if you go to Google or web search and type, find a person, go to these websites, search your name or just search your name on find a person then go to these websites and it's an information removal request. Yeah, generally you'll find it at like the bottom of the page of those websites and you can you can submit a re removal request though. I've had like mixed success with that where like sometimes they'll take down the information and sometimes they have several profiles created for a single person mm -hmm. uh, because every time you move into a new place, uh, like real estate records are created. Um, which means that if you've lived in, say, four or five places, there may be four or five profiles for you or that person. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. Owning owning leaves a record rent like much more so than renting. I yeah. remember Jen saying. So that's a plus if you're a renter. Toxic, do you still have an Amazon wish list? I do have an Amazon wish list and I have a P.O. box. That okay. I have my packages sent to. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Because even if you do the gift registry option, they can still see what city it's being delivered to, even if it hides your address. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. which could be relevant if you live in a surrounding area and it's not Portland, but say it's like Beaverton, Hillsboro, Tualatin, yeah. whatever, you know, any of these like surrounding suburbs, that really narrows it down for people to be able to search you. Yeah. So you want to put as a person, as many layers as you can around you when you start trying to find yourself. Try to find yourself. 
Yeah. And then maybe you can figure out how other people are trying to find you if they are. Um, so listener question. I'm new to the industry. What should I know about protecting myself from weirdos? They look like everyone. <laughs> they, you know, like we've joked about it toxic where I'm like, oh my God, I think everyone in here is a serial killer because they look like freaks. <laughs> I remember you telling me that you were like one night. It was just all like people who looked like serial killers. Yeah, I, just I was just them. like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but but, you know, like we have this idea as kids that you can look at someone and know that they're bad. Yeah. You know, also just through conversation alone as well, you can kind of get a gauge for people. When I first began my journey, I had a regular for a while and he always kind of weirded me out a little bit. And he always wanted to do like auto work for me. He was always like <gasps> pressing me to give me like information. I know this about this one. And um, my friend my one of my dancer mamas I call her flower Hmm. she told me specifically she's like you need to watch out for this guy he's on Megan's Law Mm. oh shit Megan's Law is a sex offender registry yeah nice (laughs) excellent (laughs) and he um he always gave me weird vibes and he would only buy dances for me dressed as a schoolgirl. oh I remember this you said that you aged out of some of your clients and this was one of them yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like it always he always just gave me a really weird vibe. So just trust your gut. Mm-hmm. If someone makes you feel uncomfortable, trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what's a really nice way to reframe that experience? Maybe getting dances from you, adult you, imagining that you were a schoolgirl, really was a pressure valve release for him on not acting out on some of those urges. That's how he got to maybe safely experience his fantasy really and that's our job you know which is nice that's a nice way to be like you know what being a sex worker or an adult entertainer can really help yeah i always used to say i'd rather they come and see me instead of yeah do something then stand by a high school and rub their dick against the fence totally (laughs) yeah you know what i mean (laughs) you know what i mean am i right (laughs) uh it's awful um Having being around a schoolyard so often as a parent now, I have like a very sensitive awareness to all the creepy things I do that could put me on a sex registry, a sex offender registry. Like I had to pee really bad and there's a church being reconstructed. So I peed in the construction zone of the church, but it's still within a thousand feet of a school. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hmm, I technically. Yeah. The public urination one I've always been on the fence about. Because like, that's not sexual inherently. That yeah. That's right. Kind of, but I can see how like, I don't know, guys would use that as an excuse to be like, what, my dick was out? I was just taking a leak. Right, I was adjusting. I have a rash and I was itching it for (laughs) two minutes. (laughs) Um, This is terrible dark shit. But no, really, like we are a safety valve, adult entertainers. And it's the same thing when I see like, you know, if a girl out on the street is going to get hollered at, I would rather that person holler at me in the club because I might get some money out of it. Yeah. You know. So what should I know about protecting myself from weirdos? They look like anybody. Sometimes they look creepy. Sometimes they don't. Um, you can't, honestly, you can't trust your friends to know how to safeguard for you because a lot of people don't think about how they talk about things. Toxic, you've seen me be hella private where I don't even want to like, I think someone, came, I don't even know if you're in there once. There was a girl that came into the dressing room. She's like, oh, 
um, how are you doing? I didn't see you got here. What are you driving these days? And I was just like, um, and I felt bad, but I'd like, I don't want to tell you what kind of car I have. I'd be like a car. Yeah. Well, it's really, yeah. It's really easy for someone to be like, oh, L's so-and-so is in the parking lot. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know who can hear you. It should be like a Ferrari red. <laughs> They're like, I don't see it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I rode a scooter. Well, um, it's, or, you know, take Uber or Lyft. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, that can be dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked about that, too. Have you yeah. had issue with that? Oh, I had a very terrifying Uber ride one time where the guy, like, pulled to the side of the road. And I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is not my location. What mm-hmm. the fuck? That's you so scary. Know, I was like, had my phone in my hand and I was like, called my friend real quick. And I was like, I'm in this Uber and it's really sketch. And then the driver took me and dropped Shit. me off. He did not get any stars. <laughs> and he, I wrote a long complaint to Uber. So wait, was he in the car when you called your friend? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. So you called your friend like with the purpose of letting him know and also to create a record of where you were. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good. That's brave. I would have like probably just, I don't know if it had, I don't know if the doors were locked or not, but like I would have just hopped the fuck out of there. I'm just like too scared to to follow through on that one. Um, yeah. Calling awareness to what is happening can yeah. be a very, so yesterday I, I co-facilitated on a self-defense um, with my martial arts instructor, Master Rick Johnson. He has nine black belts in nine different um arts and he bounces for a living and he's also a social worker so he's great with communication but he's also a killing machine and we taught this yesterday and we talked about this we're calling attention to what is happening can be a really nice way to create a record and to also set a boundary before things escalate so that you're giving that person a choice as to whether or not they're going to escalate them so like what you did where i'm in the car and you know what did you say my uber driver's being a creep (laughs) (laughs) so you know another example of that is i was looking for parking once i looked over because i'm driving and i'm looking around and some guy in another car we met eyes i had that sinking feeling sure enough he followed me for a couple blocks until i parked i got out he parked he walked over he's like i think you're really pretty and i put my hands up putting your hands up is great way yeah great like psychological nonverbal, defensive no so I put my hands up and I said I'm not interested and he started getting mad or whatever the fuck but I remember I made a decision where I'm like if anyone around me can hear this and I said I don't know you you followed me in your car and now I'm uncomfortable and I want you to walk away yeah and so anybody who hears that is instantly caught up Instead of me being like, fuck you, motherfucker. What the fuck are you doing? Like, (laughs) I know that's easier, but no one knows if we have a relationship or not. Yeah. So I want to telegraph to my surroundings. Also, if I'm in a business, I don't know if there's surveillance and neither does the other guy. So to be like, hi, I don't know you. You followed me in here. I would like you to give me some space. Yeah. Also, it's better to come from a non-emotional place when you have to do things like that. Mm -hmm. Because it makes you look better. Mm hmm. Unfortunately so, yes. It makes you look a lot less um, unstable, even if the onus and that responsibility is suddenly on you, and that's not fair. And if you're ever in the club and you're feeling uncomfortable, you should always talk to your security or your bar staff. Assuming that they're helpful. We work in a good club. That's true. Yeah. 
But that's why even regulars, even regulars that don't tip sometimes are such a nice anchor um, to just go stand by and look like you're busy, <laughs> but to really be safe. Like yep. there was a guy at a club where I worked where he would give out candy and he wasn't good for any dollars. But I knew that if there was nothing else and I needed to look busy and know that I was secure, I could go, st- you know, talk to Candy Mike, <laughs> <laughs> get a Tootsie Roll and kill 10 minutes and like chill. Yeah. Um, so let's take another break and then we're going to talk about ooh, more domestic violence stuff. How fun. Are you in the San Francisco area searching for a dominatrix? Do you need someone who can lead you in kinky, legal, safe play, such as sensory deprivation, sissification, human furniture training, or boot worship? Mistress Krisha Spanks is your SF dom. Discover her on KrishaSpanks.com, that's K-R-I-S-H-A-S-P-A-N-X, and worthy applicants can request a session online or via cam. Krisha Spanks is a hedonist, secret keeper, humiliatrix, and visit her on Twitter at Krisha Spanks or KrishaSpanks.com. Hey, Portland area pals. This is Elle reminding you to come to Star Theater on September 8th, 2019, between 4 and 6 p.m. for our Voices in Action fundraising event benefiting the Sexual Assault Resource Center in Beaverton, Oregon. Slutwalk Portland presents this event, and our requested door donation is $5. We will have comedy, pole dancing, vendors, awesome prizes, and all kinds of performance to raise money for a valuable community resource, Sark in Beaverton, Oregon. See you there, September 8th, 4 to 6 p.m. at Star Theater. Welcome back. We're talking with Toxic. You can also find her on yourtoxicaddiction.net. Hi, John. Hello. Hi. We've been having a, I guess, kind of a darker episode talking about stalkers. Um, I wanted to lighten the mood just real briefly before we, real briefly before we talk about news stuff. Uh, John, I had asked uh, sex workers only if they have ever exacted revenge on a shitty client. We got a couple responses. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Here's one. Hi. FSSW here full service sex worker. I had a client that would not stop pushing my boundaries. So when he flipped me over and was fucking me from behind, I drooled and spit all over his pillows. I left him a nice big cold wet spot to find later. Oh God. <laughs> Gross. Passive aggressive uh, revenge. Gross. <laughs> uh, a full service client I met. Here's another one at the strip club. I work at, I actually work at all the clubs in my city cause it's small and they let me make my own schedule. That's nice. This client started getting manipulative and gaslighting and becoming stalkery and threatened to out me to my club. Having worked outside of that club, he was going to out her about. So I got him banned from every single club in the city. <laughs> That's amazing. That's getting it done. A universal 86. Like. <laughs> oh, there was. Um, so this is relevant to this. Um, do you remember? So toxic. Um, some lady posted a photo of phoenix naked on the acropolis pole on her instagram oh yes i saw that recently uh yeah so back in september so you saw that probably the same couple days i saw that because phoenix was like what the fuck (laughs) which that is a misdemeanor in in oregon Mm -hmm. yeah you can't take so and i told that lady that so phoenix i don't know who sent her the image but 
the lady's caption was something like when the steak is so good you don't care about boobies because it was a picture of her two guy friends eating food and naked phoenix is hanging upside down beautiful on the pole in the background okay john's looking at me he's getting angry (laughs) well also the caption said the the photo rules don't apply to me yeah they say no pictures but the rules don't apply to me this was a 50 year old white blonde lady bitch of course of course it was yes i was like you voted for trump (laughs) or you didn't vote but so god i looked at her page and she had so many strippers and other people lighting her up and i sent her a message and i said i'm going to print out a photo of your face and stick it in every single club in this city because yes the rules do apply to you and she blocked me really fast and i heard she (laughs) took the photo down so (laughs) well that's good at least yeah um i I hope she's still 86 though yeah she she ran like a little vintage or like a thrift store and funny story though i got a dm from another stripper in this city who said that they uh they weren't a stripper never mind but someone else who looked at that profile and they said well i just saw a video of her um being carried out of a venue so i think that woman's just a hot mess (laughs) (laughs) like well she's rude and she's a hot mess um (laughs) carried out of a venue yeah amazing (sighs) women's entitlement (sighs) i grew weary of this (laughs) (laughs) um but so we learned recently toxic that uh texting a sexually explicit image of another person without their permission is about to be illegal in oregon good you two heard this news house yes i did yeah house bill 2393 which passed june 3rd in Oregon passed the Senate unanimously by a 28 to zero vote. So this closes a loophole in prior legislation to make spreading, (laughs) no pun intended, intimate images on any medium unlawful. Currently only sexually explicit images shared on internet websites are considered illegal. This extends the law to all mediums. If you are texting an explicit video or photo of a sexual partner to friends without that partner's permission it would be a crime so it's intended to target revenge porn yeah it does not have to be explicitly revenge porn seeking in order for it to be prosecuted under the new law so senator shamia fagan is a democrat she said no one should have intimate images of themselves made public or distributed broadly without their consent no matter the medium that's good. Still desperately waiting for that unsolicited dick pic law to pass. <laughs> yeah. The things with these um, intent laws where like it's it's a little tricky. The only thing that could suck about this is when people in relationship quarrel and they break up and suddenly things aren't cool anymore. So what if I say, well, it wasn't okay when he sent that photo. Maybe I told him it was okay back then, but now it's not. People rescind consent after the fact, after the fact, not during. You can fully change what you want to be doing while you're doing it. But I unfortunately have seen people and women do this where they're like, well, we had sex that one time and I was drunk and maybe we've done it 400 times where I was drunk. But the fact that I'm angry at you because we broke up two weeks ago, you sexually assaulted me because I was drunk and we had sex. I've seen that happen. Yeah. So uh, hopefully people don't really, you know, abuse this law like any other law. But it's a nice step like in in the right direction broadly. 
I was in Hawaii and uh, my boyfriend was so cute about not wanting to sleep with me while I was drunk. <sighs> and I really wanted like to fuck with him. Um, so like, and we got back to the hotel room and he's like, no, babe, you're like really drunk, like really drunk. And I'm like, yeah, no, I had a couple pina coladas. And he's like, you had like 10. And I was like, okay, well, that's fair, but I still want to fuck. And he's like, no, I'd feel bad. And I'm like, no, I really want to fuck. So like after like five times of me asking and me being like, you know, I've told you, you can like fuck me while I'm asleep. So like, yeah, yeah, like this, this is basically like the same. And he's like, well, you did say that while you were sober. So sure. <laughs> exactly. I tell B stuff all the time. I told him when I was sober before I got my boob fixed, I said, you know, I'm going to be on pain pills. So if you if you want to if I'm feeling OK and you want to molest me, that could be a whole new experience for me. I'm yeah. interested and he wasn't really interested, but um <laughs> <laughs> so like consent is really really fun and arousing to play with oh, it totally is yeah no, there's just tons of like ways to to use consent in a fun and sexual way when mm -hmm. people like always like at first when they learn about consent or uh, the way i saw it was like oh that seems very like technical and like uh, boring and i'm actually no consent can be very fun and it doesn't have to be fun because it's necessary but you can make it fun to you know mm -hmm. add the cherry on top of that mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah um toxic do you ever do any role play sex stuff <laughs> did i make you shy <laughs> actually mm. there's probably a video somewhere of me doing a teenage mutant ninja turtle at home porn with my ex-husband fuck yes that's amazing fuck yes <laughs> yeah so just to have on record that is not meant to be shared Oh, never. So ex-husband, if you share that, we're coming after you. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> after the divorce, I told him I was like, delete all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he deleted it or do you think he put it on a file labeled in bills somewhere deep in another <laughs> file? <laughs> I know his phone crashed after that. So hopefully it just got lost in the chaos. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I remember moving into an apartment when I was almost 18 it was my first apartment I lived in um, for college time after high school and we found a cd-rom um from like god I think it was 2004 so it was any time before that but it was some nude images of a lady that looked like her partner had taken them she was laughing and smiling and posing and I remember like I mean we we put it in we looked at it and I think we just threw it away. You know, like, what else are you going to do with it? But there's obviously, there was a curiosity, but yeah, it's like, we're not dicks. We're not going to be like, look who we found. And where could you really share this anyway? Yeah. You know, um, I wonder, I wonder how much phantom porn is just oft floating around. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, before my boyfriend, so he went to a different state to visit his family this weekend, um, mm -hmm. which was well-timed since I was coming to Portland. Uh, and before that I was like, well, you, we're not going to see each other for a couple days. And like, yeah. And then we had, we had sex like right before he left and during it, he asked me like if, uh, if he could, uh, film me blowing him. And I was like, sure. Yeah. And I was like, you can even keep it on your phone. Cause like, I know how you value your privacy a ton and no one's going to see it. You want to go into Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no one's going to see it. And then, uh, like a day into his road trip, he like texts me the video and i'm just like ah yes mm -hmm. i watched it and i was like i it was awesome because i got to see his face while i was blowing him which you'd never get to like really if you're like 
really blowing someone if you're really paying um, attention and if you're deep throating someone then you definitely can't look right up at their face um double dog so, dare uh, you yeah <laughs> <laughs> next time i'm gonna i wouldn't want to accidentally circumcise anyone oh my god um, but yeah no so that was uh, <laughs> Is that with the teeth and you have in your throat <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no so um that was really fun and i was just like oh this is cool we have like a video now of us isn't that nice there's so much value to sexual media yeah it's just the problem is it's so valuable is that it, it can be abused. Yeah. Like, like anything else. Um, so I want to end with some resources. We've talked mostly about stalking from strangers, but unfortunately a lot of stalking takes place between former intimate partners. Yeah. So I'm looking at some statistics from the national coalition against domestic org or ncadv.org. They have state-by-state state statistics we're not going to go into. They have all kinds of statistics. Of course, we know that stats are only as good as what is reported. So everything needs to be taken with grains of salt and to maybe give you an idea, but not an exact number. This is why I try to avoid like hardcore stats unless they're very verifiable. But here give, gives you a rough idea. Um, in terms of rape, it says, according to the ncadv.org, one in five women and one in 70, 71 men in the United States has been raped in their lifetime. So one in five or one in 71. So again, male rape is real. It's important to talk about. We need to have resources for men, but overwhelmingly women are victimized more about it. So that's why we tend to talk about it more. 19.3 million women and 5.1 million men in the United States have been stalked in their lifetime. Again, that's people that only know about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember watching on television some years ago, some reporting about a woman reporter who was killed by her stalker. And it was said in this program that so many news stations that have female anchors or any women on camera receive so much obsessive fan mail that they don't even tell the anchors about it. Yeah. So that's something to consider. Uh, and there's celebrities who have dangerous stalkers as well, like Charisma Carpenter. She was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It, she had a very dangerous stalking situation, actually. Really? Yes. Ooh, what do you know about that? How long ago was that? I know that it was in the 90s, I believe. Victims of intimate partner violence lose a total of 8 million days of paid work each year. So that's like, I can't go to work because I either maybe I have a mark on me that I don't want to be asked about or I can't show up because maybe my abuser works there or, you know, all kinds of things in between. Um, so we need more resources for this stuff. There's always, if you live in the Portland area, call to safety uh, org. It was formerly the women's Portland Women's Crisis Line. There's the hotline.org. Uh, if you call any of these hotlines, just keep in mind that people can check caller ID. If you go on any websites, they might check your history if you're living in an unsafe situation. Uh, if you go to dvrcor.org, it says if you are experiencing life-threatening, call our 24-hour crisis line, 503-469-8620. Yeah, there's the reminder on these websites. Your abuser may monitor your browsing history. To leave this site in a hurry, click the escape button located in the upper left corner of your screen. 
Uh, if you have any good, valuable 24-hour crisis line resources that you would like to share, either that you work for or that you really liked, please share them with us. Pillow Talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. What else? Anything else you guys want to add to this episode? Is there anything you would like to share, Toxic, with any young people or folks who are thinking of becoming entertainers or building a brand or a figure for themselves? Anything you would like them to warn them or anything you wish you'd known going into the industry? Yes, actually. Definitely, if you're starting dancing, modeling, always check references, especially with modeling. There's a lot of predatory photographers. Yes. It's a it's a problem. Oh, right. wasn't there a list made a while ago that was like semi good, semi problematic where it had like it started with one photographer and then there was just a whole list of like yeah. workers coming out and saying that like certain photographers had been problematic. Yeah, there was an industry list being passed around this city um, for a bit. And there were people on there that I'm like, yep, absolutely. And there was also folks on there that I thought I have no idea who this is. And then there were folks on there where I'm like, I don't think this accusation is accurate based on the person reporting. It was mixed. One person had 43 accusations of yeah. sexual assault. Yeah. Jesus. And then there was that. There was stuff like that. So damn. Leaving so, little yeah. room for doubt. Definitely check your references. If you feel unsure of something, like if you're if you're new to dancing, if you've never danced before, take a friend with you to check it out. You know, get a feel for it. Make sure you tip the ladies though. If and tip your bartenders if you're asking any questions, they are working. Mm -hmm. So pay them for their time. But Make sure that you like feel comfortable in your environment. Don't force yourself to do something you're not comfortable with. Like I've worked at quite a few different clubs and there's a couple clubs where I only worked one night because I did not actually feel the vibe, but I tried it out. I've only had to leave one club ever in the middle of a shift because I felt like my safety was compromised. Wow, out of how many would you say clubs that you've worked at? I think I've worked at a total of like 10 clubs. Okay, so in this area, one out of 10 ain't bad. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I only left one job interview because I thought I might get hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And with um, with photo shoots and modeling, you know, check references, check out their portfolio, check their links. Do not ever send nude photos to anybody because there's a lot of creepy photographers who will say that they're going to get you a job, that they have people, that they're going to give you connections, and they say that they need to see your body or they oh, need yeah. to have an idea. That's what measurements are for. It's just send them your measurements. Yeah, they're like, I need to see some bikini or some nudes to know if I can work with you. No, fuck that. If you're reaching out to me, you know, then no. you saw something you wanted to work with, and now you're asking that, no. Um, have a written agreement of what you're getting out of this because how many times yeah toxic have you not gotten jack shit for photos or waited like a year and got like two you know you're like i pose naked for two hours and you give me nothing that's yeah. happened to me before you really? can't see my eyes rolling right now because yeah. i'm just so irritated <laughs> about that that in particular it is important to like have a contract have it like make sure that you both are clear on each other's terms and it's not to say that if they violate the contract, you can come after them. You really can't. There's typically not a whole lot you can do unless you're trying to do a lot of legal legwork. The reason I say have a written agreement is so that it's clear. And then when they violate it later, you have something that you can share with people. Say, this is what I asked for. This is the zero response I got, yeah. you know, or this is what we agreed upon. Why is it a year later and you haven't delivered the 12 or 24 or whatever the fuck you said here? Yeah. You know, don't work with this person. 
Yeah, you're also, I think something that's really important to discuss is your photographer should never be touching you, period. Mm -hmm. Like, without your consent. Like, sometimes, like me, even modeling for so long, I won't be clear on the poses and stuff like that. And they'll be like, may I touch you to move you? And I'm like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't ever let someone touch you without your consent because it just starts, you, you give them an inch, they'll mm -hmm. try to take a mile. And I feel very fortunate because I am very upfront with my boundaries and I'm very vocal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't vocal though. I've worked with photographers that never tried anything with me personally and then turned around and assaulted one of my friends. Absolutely, yeah. Just because someone treats you away doesn't mean that's how they treat everybody away, definitely. I think that's important too because I hear stories about some clubs that people work with where their management overstep boundaries like that too. I know that's kind of more of like in a weird area to talk about because people feel like their job is compromised. But at the same time, you just remember that you are valuable, that you are important, and no one should make you feel inferior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a guy once who was like, I really like stockings. Can I just like touch your, can I just rub your legs in the stockings for like a minute? And I was curious and he took good photos. So I was like, sure. So he just was like, excitedly talking about how much he loved feet and stockings while he was just running his hands like over my feet and stockings and I remember thinking like well this is weird but I he asked and I agreed to it um he sent me like five of the photos we shot on two separate occasions I'm pretty sure he just saved them for his own little jerk folder you know the couple I got were great and I used them for a couple of years on some of my stripper profiles but like <laughs> I could definitely see if someone's like this guy was a weirdo I'd say yeah probably <laughs> Um, Always remember fetishes cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so do the best you can in managing these people and these things. Hopefully we gave you some helpful information and didn't scare the heck out of you too bad. You can find Toxic and not be a weirdo. Instagram is at yourtoxicaddiction or yourtoxicaddiction.net or yahoo.com. Thank you so much for coming on, Toxic. It was a pleasure. Thank it was you. nice having you on. Sorry for my froggy voice. <laughs> it's okay. You sold it good. to the mermaid for the legs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hendra's trying to buy your voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind-the-scenes photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.